Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you're listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each week, we bring you a woman who can share an important resource and insights to help you access your passion, your purpose, and become the leading woman in your own life. You know, I've been interviewing these amazing leading women for over 10 years, and it's one of my favorite things to do. I love hearing their expertise and their stories, so I chose 19 of the best experts to co-author a book, Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. Now, if you haven't bought your copy yet and you want to help a woman become the leader she was meant to be, check out your local bookstore and also buy one for yourself at your local bookstore or Barnes & Noble or, of course, Amazon. Now, today's amazing guest is Trudy Bourgeois. I met Trudy at Diversity Women's Business Leadership Conference a couple of years ago, and she, (laughs) what an experience. I highly recommend that conference for learning how women can come together to help other women in business. Trudy is renowned and a respected authority on leadership development and has spent her lifetime helping those to break the glass ceiling in the consumer goods industry by becoming one of the first African-American women to rise to the level of vice president. Then she used her next 18-year experience in the corporate world to found the Center of Workforce Excellence. The center is a professional training and consulting organization and focuses on developing talent across differences and specializing in women and people of color. She is a featured blogger for Huffington Post, and Trudy has written three books on leadership. She's here today to talk about her most recently released book called Equality, Courageous Conversations About Women, Men, and Race in the Workplace to Spark a Diversity and Inclusion Breakthrough. I'm pleased to welcome Trudy to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Well, Trudy, nice to see you again. Yes, it has been a couple of years, Mm -hmm. and... uh, uh, we've all slept many, many nights since then. So, uh, <laughs> and probably some nights not so well. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I, I, I was in the Midwest, so last night I was uh, I was on Midwest time this morning, so I was awake at four thirty. So, oh, uh, I'm very gracious. prepared today. But uh, so nice to meet you uh, again. We're going to be talking about you today. One of the most important things that I when we had when I have these conversations is that it's about you, but it's your story. Yes. And I think when we as women share our stories about who we are, where we've come from, and why we do what we do, there's always an amazing connection. And Mm. that's why I usually start every conversation out. Tell me about you. How did you get to be the Trudy that I'm speaking to today? So tell tell me your story. You know, I um, was born in uh, 1959. And I start there because I was uh, born into segregation. I was born in Mobile, Alabama, and um, my parents had ten children. I was number seven. And uh, so I lived through a portion of segregation, and then my family was the first to be able to attend the Catholic schools. And so this, this notion of equality has been in my bones, in my blood, since yeah. the time I was a kid. 
Yeah. And uh, I just I feel very fortunate that I've had the experiences that I've had in life. Uh, even I'm, I feel grateful for the challenging experiences that I've had um, as a result of being a, born in, in that time and a black female because, you know, I couldn't do what I do now, which is help people to get from their current level to the next level and reach their greatest potential. I couldn't do that now had I not had the, the, the challenges that I faced in being the first um, in many um, different arenas, including corporate America. You know, yeah. I uh, spent 18 years in corporate in the corporate world and was vice president of national accounts and had a $3 billion business unit before I started this endeavor. But i got to tell you, this was before the words diversity and inclusion were even on the map. Right. Um, but it was just extremely um, challenging to to be a woman and to be a woman of color in the tobacco industry, and that's where I spent the lion's share of my time. But, boy, it taught me a whole lot. And, um, you know, life is sort of interesting like that, right? You have these, these, yeah. these tests. My husband and I, uh, if, I always say if I don't kill him before July 12th of this year, it'll be 38 years. And um, we have two, thank you very much. We have two uh, wonderful kids. Our son, Adam, is 35, and he um, unfortunately was born with Down syndrome. But he's, he's doing well. He's always going to live with us. That's our choice. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we got our, our daughter married off last year, hallelujah, <laughs> to a wonderful off, guy. Off the, pay, off the payroll. <laughs> off the payroll. <laughs> I even said that, Nancy, <laughs> at the rehearsal dinner. I was like, we are so excited. Um, and, uh, and so we feel very blessed to have Ryan in our life. And, and um, my uh, husband's mother, who's 91, has lived with us for like the last 14 years yeah so my, so my life is full you know when yeah. i'm not uh writing or speaking or teaching you know there's there's a lot of stuff <laughs> besides that that's going on but yeah. um i sit here today really um very uh grateful that i've had the experiences in life that i've had thus far fantastic well it's a small world we live in and of course meeting you and meeting many women uh, the diversity conference uh, the, the diversity women's conference that we met at and that you mm-hmm. were the uh, moderator for the panel that I was on was probably one of, Sheila Robinson is one of one of my my very 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 favorite people and mm-hmm. uh, but now it's Dr. Sheila Robinson and uh, I was so pleased to meet her, but that was a great conference for me because, again, uh, learning some things, uh, the word inclusion became a very, very big part of my conversation because, you know, I mean, I've always been about gender equality and about, uh, you know, I'm a Libra, so Libras, we're always trying to keep things balanced, but... uh, Mm. The word inclusion became such an important word in my vocabulary. And, and I will tell you this, that that conference and being there and with the women of color and women of all ages and all backgrounds, but again, corporate America was such a strong component there, but that mm-hmm. the sisterhood and the camaraderie that I felt at that conference was something that needs to be bottled and brought into more and more women's organizations. And, you know, I learned, I learned so much. I really did. It, to me, being there was, was meant to be because it really opened, opened up a whole other area for me. So, so you know, I, I'm on the same page as you are in many, many respects because I also grew up, 
I grew up in Washington, D.C. during the time when uh, integration was, uh, oh, wow. you know, segregation, integration was, a, was, I mean, I was living it also. And it, wow. was, it was huge because it was, a, uh, it was a, a political, you know, field for all of that going on and uh, schools being integrated. I mean I, I mean, I was right in the middle of growing I grew up in the South. I was born in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, so my I'm gosh. A, I'm a well, Southern you know. girl. Yeah, you I do, know. I do know. Mm-hmm. I do know uh, mm-hmm. m- much of what we're talking about. But I came out, and I've always been about equality, gender equality for women, women of all colors, of all backgrounds. So for me, reading your book, uh, I read your book on the plane last night, uh, oh, yesterday afternoon. You. And it, this is so important. And, and you know, I've got, I've got to laugh a little bit because, you know, here it is, 2018, and we're still talking about <laughs> Uh, equality and and it, and it kind of kind of scratched my head, but I had a, a meeting earlier with uh, some film producers. They're starting a foundation. You know, since since Me Too and the Times mm-hmm. Up, really, what we need are women in film telling stories and make, giving women of all colors stories about how amazing we are. That's right. And this That's goes right. back right into what you're talking about: is leadership. Is that the new style of leadership? is inclusive it is about mm-hmm. relationships it's mm-hmm. about what we as women are so good at doing that's right but but i'm gonna i'm gonna take you back just a moment in our in our first meeting and, and this was kind of funny but then i read it in your book and so i thought no this is good she said <laughs> you said i was sitting with a group of thought leaders recently and the question came up whether progress had been made in the advancement of women of color when it was my turn to comment i simply stated white women have been the biggest beneficiary of affirmative action while the numbers of women of color are going backwards. <laughs> and you said to me that day, and I, I barely had met her, you said, you know, you white women have had affirmative action. You said, <laughs> and you, you said, you should be a lot further along the edge. She says, what, what do you think is the problem? And I said to you, and I hope you remember this, I said to you, I said, I don't think we like each other. I do remember that, and you are so spot on. We've been we've been socialized exactly, exactly. With that queen bee syndrome, and you gotta be prettier, and you gotta be smarter, yeah. and yeah. so so you know, parents, we're not doing a, a good job in no. setting it up right, and shame no. on us. Yeah. And and you're right. It's 2018. We're still talking about it, but you know, in in fourth quarter of last year, a report came out of the UK. It was a global study looking at economic empowerment and equality yeah. for women. And the study just basically says that if we continue to do what we're doing, um, it will take us 214 years yeah. to obtain equality. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I will be gone from this life to the next one, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and so I think we have to have these kinds of conversations. Yeah. They're tough. Well, um, let's let's just tell what the book's name again. I love it. Equality: oh. Courageous Conversations About Women, Men, and Race to Spark a Diversity and Inclusion Breakthrough. Mm-hmm. And and it really it really is about having those conversations. I mean, mm-hmm. you talk throughout your book about co- courageous conversations, and I and I love that because. It's kind of like, as you, as you said, the elephant in the room. If we don't mm-hmm. talk about it, if we don't deal with it, we'll never, ever get there. No, and you're right. I love the white privilege, uh, the white male privilege, because, you know, it's going on so strongly. And, and of course, me, the Time's Up is a real good example of that. That's right. You know, the, a lot of the men, weren't, they weren't upset about what happened. What they were upset about was that it was, it was exposed. Correct. You know, they got caught. And, 
and yeah, and so if we don't have these courageous conversations and, and we don't talk about the elephant in the room, we're never going to get far. No. You know, you, you had in the book uh, five brutal facts for attaining equality, and you know the ba- the vast companies are, are still operating old paradigms. Correct. And, and uh, diversity is still a, a misnomer for many. Women and minorities are making extremely slow, slow progress in the advancement of the business world. Yes, most of the research has, has been done on wh- white women, but actually right. most of the research has been done on men. Yeah, use, I mean, use for, for, women, for use, yeah. men or women, it's definitely uh, been men by a large uh, percentage, but of women it has been focused on uh, white women because right. it's just so difficult to have the, the dialogue. But, you know, yeah. we we as women have a choice to make. Now yeah. that, that we're, you know, we're starting hopefully to stand up as leaders, we yeah. need to recognize that we can either be a part of the problem or we can be a part of the solution. Yeah. And right now we have been a part of the problem because yeah. we haven't leveraged our power. We're still right. not as comfortable with our power. Yeah. Um, white men do not apologize at all for promoting a, a, another white man no. or hiring no. another white man. No. You have no. women who, who are afraid to even you know, mentor, let alone promote another woman. It's just absolutely ludicrous. Or, or, the, or the behavior is more masculine versus their feminine talents, which is, again, right. communication and relationship. They come in, and then they, the B word comes out. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a part of an organization called Take the Lead, and our goal is by 2025 is to have equal gender parity for leadership in our country. We're one of the – Wow. Uh, you know, we are so far behind as, as far as women's leadership and uh, we recently started a new initiative, which I'm very excited about, which is called uh, 50 Women Change the World in Media and Entertainment. Love we it. have to have stories and visual. Uh, we have to see things on billboards. We have to see things in magazines. We have to see things that, that tell us as women, women of color, women of every age, race, whatever, that we're special. That's right. and, that, and, and men have to see that. Boys have to see that. And girls have to see that. So... Uh, I was just talking to some film producers this morning about this. I, I mean, we have to change the foundation of where we're all coming from. But uh, Take the Lead is really about leadership. And I do agree with you. We have been standing in our own way. We have stand, stood in our own way and finding a seat at the table. I love that term. I, you've got to have a seat at the table. All right, let's 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 talk about what you're seeing now in the uh, the workforce, you know, your center on and workforce development. But yep. in the book, what are you seeing right now as far as women of color, but women of uh, women of every level, everyone, all, yeah. all of us, all of us together. By the way, yeah. that's the name of the book, All of Us Together. So. That's right. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, really interesting with the Me Too movement um, and uh, some of the fallout that came from, from that effort and other efforts are really awakening um, uh, the female spirit. Yeah. And uh, so I, I definitely see a more intentional uh, way of women starting to talk about what's happening. You know, for years to the point that you made, I mean, women sort of got to the top and they didn't know what to admit that they were women. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they, they took on that male persona. But now the business case, be, because because we live in, in this fourth industrial revolution age and because of 
um, the fact that the business models of times gone by are no longer relevant. What we're really starting to see is organizations gain a newfound appreciation for the natural yes. skills that have been there in females right. all along. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And in fact, they used to poo-poo behavior like um, collaboration. Yeah. In fact, yeah. you know, it would, it would be said, well, you're, you're too collaborative. You need to become more strategic, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and so we see that pendulum starting to, to swing. But we also see a growing uh, level of resentment on the part primarily of white men who feel like their power base is being taken from them. And, yeah. you know, nothing could be followed from the truth. I mean, I mean, they control 90% of most power seats. But that's another one of those courageous conversations that we need to have about uh, the resentment um, and the, the shifting demographics, at least yeah. in North America, and even the, the aging population globally and the shifting population. So you see some major game-changing trends, which I think can combine for the perfect storm for yeah. women to really step, step, step up as thought leaders, to step up um, as champions for change with no apology, yeah. And, yeah. To, and to be good with who they are, to your point. Yeah. You know, we haven't been told that we were good. This is why I really appreciate the work of Gina Davis and even um, others in, uh, in the film industry trying to yeah. engage with these, these producers to, to say, what's the narrative that we are conveying to the sure. world? Because sure. we get Absolutely. shaped so much by the media, right? Yeah. And so um, I, just, I, I see the opportunity really come, coming full circle. Now, you know, we as women have to come to grips with our own biases and, and accept those and own them because I still do see a pretty big divide generationally. Baby boomers and millennials are the two largest segments of the population in the workforce, and they have different philosophies about work. And I don't know that they have it all wrong. I mean, I'm a baby boomer, and I tell you, they watched us get, give blood, sweat, and tears and give a pink slip. Uh-huh. And uh, they don't want that, and so uh-uh. Uh-uh. you know, I'm I'm not mad at them. I'm I'm like, great, then use your voice because yeah. it was baby boomers who created them, and then uh, the Gen Z, the uh, cohort that's coming after the millennials, they have yet even another mindset about the way you know work and life should be blended together, and so sure. the, you know, the the business world is coming to that fork in the road where some things will change because if they don't change, the businesses will no longer be relevant. Yeah. Well, that's what we talked a lot about at the conference was how, how do we get how these companies get millennials who are the most educated and the most talented group of, of workers that we have employables that we've seen in, in, in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. But, again, they don't want to work hard. They want to, they want to be happy. They want to mm-hmm. make the world a better place, but they also want to be happy. But, you yeah. know, we're, we see research time and time again, though, and it's coming out more and more that when women are in key positions and on boards of directors and in companies, they're more successful. And Absolutely. I think this is, this is where we have to keep pounding away and, and again, telling that story. But I, I think that really is the, the story that we continue to talk about is the story of abundance versus scarcity. That's you know, right. I, I loved in the book also when you, when you talked about uh, the, the, the women who basically started the space program Hidden Figures was one of my most favorite movies, and you talked about Margaret Hamilton uh-huh. and Katherine Johnson. I mean, I, mean, I didn't even know it. who they were. 
uh, well, I did. Nobody did, and and I actually went to. Uh, it, it was uh, they had a film festival here in Santa Barbara, and they had the director of Hidden Figures speaking, and they said it took ten over ten years mm. to get that to the film, to get that wow. on the screen. Wow. And, and again, I think that's what we have to remember as women is that our his, history has been written about men. But we all, we all have a history that we need to remember and remind ourselves of, the, of the women, that, the shoulders that we're standing on. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, and, and I've got a book coming out this fall, and it's, all, it's called In It, In it Together, In It All Together. Oh, but I love that. I can't wait to read it. But it's really about coming from a place of abundance. Yeah. And I think we as women, if we can start looking at ourselves, again, with the fact that we can see the big picture, we can see, well, first we can see the issue. We see the problem, but mm-hmm. we can see the big picture. We can see the details. And then we're good at developing relationships yes, and are. bringing in the right resources to solve mm-hmm. the problem. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and we've done this. We've done this in our communities. We've done this in our families. And we do it naturally. And I think the companies that are truly understanding this and understanding that leadership style, you know, a lot of what I started doing, I mean, when I started doing radio and when I started even doing the foundation, I was interviewing a woman, and this is a great story because I tell it over and over again, but I, I said, I, we'll, call her, we'll call her Mary. And I said, okay. Mary, I said, Mary, how can I help you? I said, you know, you're doing this and this, and I'd really like to find ways that I can help you with your mission and what you're doing. And at the other end of the line, and this was several, this was about ten years ago. It got, it became very, very quiet. And all of a sudden, I said, "Well, Mary, are you still there?" She, and then I heard this little voice say, "You mean you want to help me?" And I said, <laughs> "That's it." That's exactly what I want to do. And I think that's the key is that when we can actually say, how can I help you? How can we help each other to make this company successful? That's right. And and develop the relationships not only internally because that's more important than externally because if the internal – I was a director of an EAP for a large healthcare system. If the internal workings of of the company are not good, what you generate and what you produce is not going to be very good either. That's so. exactly right. I always say that you, you can't satisfy the external customer until the internal customer is happy. Um, because we have internal customers. They're called our employees. We just we pontificate about employees being the greatest asset. But now, um, because technology is trumping technology on a daily basis, people truly are the greatest asset. And the only way that any organization will thrive in this marketplace is to have people come together. Exactly yeah. how you just, you know, you just described it. And yeah. I, I think, you know, every, every time I'm, I'm speaking, I'll, I'll end and I'll say, um, I'm going to put the challenge before you. Pick five women, and you identify those five women across all differences and pour into them. And before yeah. you leave this conference, you, you ask them one simple question. What can I do to help you? Yeah. I mean, how, yeah. how hard is that? No, <laughs> it's no, nothing, no. but it's, it's so powerful. And I, you know, I, I love the, the whole idea of advocating for women to be intentional about supporting other women. I think that that... that picture that 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 idea uh, idea of, of of being intentional if we look back in history when women came together and of course in the book you know I talk about partnerships like Marilyn Monroe and Ella Fitzgerald but you yeah. know and many many others but when we come together we can make 
some big things happen. Some great things happen. Um, no, and so gonna, I think we've been selling ourselves short. We we need to yeah. we need to just uh, come out and and be bold and be unapologetic. And uh, you know I challenge anybody who's listening to really think long and hard about what woman that you're pouring into. And it's not to say that you would only do women, but you know we can't point the finger at other people and talk about you know they them until yeah. we hold up the mirror to ourselves. Yeah, well, we we have to empower ourselves first, but before right. we can a- ha- help anyone else. Now, you you have something in the book also. I think you, you and I are more, a lot more alike than you than you know. But I, I've used this over and over again. I said, if you want to go fast, go mm-hmm. alone. But mm-hmm. if you want to go far, go all together. That's and right. uh, I, I've used that one many many times. I've ended speaking engagements with that, and it's it's really exciting to watch people when they do start to look around. And one of, the, one of the questions I have, I ask, and it's interesting to watch the uh, reaction, is I, I ask this question, and, and, I, and I throw it out in the audience. I said, this is a question I want you to ask yourself. Do you support other women? Yeah. And it's yeah. interesting to watch the women who look down and the women who look around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I guess that's what I want to say to you, Trudy. I want to help you. And I want you to uh, to know that this book, Courageous Women, uh, Courageous Conversations, and Equality, is so very, very important to me as well. And so, whatever we can do to help you to promote and get the word out, more of the words out and the story out, is what we what we do at uh, at Women Connect for Good. So, well, I I certainly appreciate the opportunity, and and I um, extend the same invitation back to you. Your the work that you're doing is so meaningful and so timely and so important. I can't wait to hear about your book. Um, please just continue to challenge people uh, around having these, these conversations. Um, in December, we're going to start a series of conversations specifically about women supporting other women. That's right. uh, one of the efforts that's going to come out of the book, and I'd love to uh, include you. I don't know how. Uh, we're sort of, sort of still in the brainstorming phase, but I, I really have this vision of women having these small little courageous conversation pods where they talk yeah. openly yeah. And, and freely, and, and they're empowered to become co-creators of the future. That, yeah. That's my dream, and so... Um, you know, I'm uh, going around the world uh, speaking and training and trying to convince people that now yeah. is the time. Well, we need to connect you with Take the Lead also because our goal is to develop women's leadership in this country by 2025. We'd like to do it a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, we, you and I, you're now one of my leading women, you, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Thank you, you very like much. It I like not. it. I like it a lot. <laughs> All right, so how can they learn more about you, Trudy, and what you're doing and about this wonderful book, and, and what, you, what do you want them to know? Well, what I want them to know is that the opportunity is, awaits us, and I'm just extending the invitation. I'm just the instrument. But people can learn more about the book by you know, purchasing it from Amazon. They can go to my website, workforceexcellence.com. Um, all the Twitter and all other social feeds are at Trudy Bourgeois. And um, I just, you know, hope and pray that that whoever reads it finds the courage to turn to another woman who doesn't look like her or who's not from the same generation, not from the same side of the tracks, and get really intentional about extending the olive branch. I'm grateful to you this morning for the opportunity, and I look forward to the next time that we can come together again. 
Yeah, you haven't seen the last of me. That you might as well get used to that idea. Okay, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> well, game on, girl. Game right, on. Let's game go on. do something. Game on. You better believe it. But, uh, now, uh, congratulations on the book, and thank you for everything that you're doing. Because again, it's it takes women like you and me to get out there and use our voices get past our fears and say, hey, wait a minute. And it's a lot more fun when we all do it together. So. Amen. Amen. All right. Well said. Well Amen, said. sister. All right. I'll Have a great day. You too. Thank you okay. so much. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye.